Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror content related, from interviews, reviews, top ten lists, and everything in between. Got that out of the way pretty quickly today. Excellent. I know I'm back two weeks-ish in a row. I missed a couple of days, but forgive me, I work a lot of jobs, a lot of hours. I don't have a lot of time on my hands to do research and just record nowadays. But I do have a very interesting true crime case for you today. This is the case of the Lady of the Dunes. It's an old one, but a goodie. There's a bit of a story to it, so we will just get into it right now. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. The Lady of the Dunes takes place in Massachusetts, or massive two shits, depending on, you know, I guess your affiliation with a football team, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I'm from Canada. NFL doesn't really mean much to me. Regardless, this takes place in the 70s, about 47 years ago, and investigators have been struggling to identify this woman for years. Who is this woman? Well, obviously we don't know, but she's called the Lady of the Dunes. She was a handless corpse that was found nearby, a Massachusetts beach, very nearly decapitated as well. Now this all started on a July morning in 1974 when a girl playing with a neighborhood dog along the race points dunes in Provincetown, Massachusetts stumbled upon a very truly disturbing sight. The nude disfigured body of a dead woman sprawled out amid the sands and brush of the dunes. The woman in question was young and white, with pink-painted nails and a glittery hairband holding back her lovely auburn-colored ponytail. Beneath her head, which was nearly removed from her body at this point, by a sickening gash, were a pair of blue jeans. Her hands were missing, and in place of them were piles of pine needles. It's kind of a disturbing image if you think about it for too long. Because of the fact that she had no hands, investigators couldn't identify the woman or any suspects. There were no fingerprints and DNA evidence at the time was pretty much non-existent. She became known at this point as the Lady of the Dunes, and her case has never been solved. It's hard to solve a case when you don't even know the name of the victim. However, fast forward to the year 2020-ish, and we have forensic technology that might have some keys to finding out who this woman was, and maybe even who killed her. Now, the young girl who found the person in question, the Lady of the Dunes, was a 12-year-old girl named Leslie Metcalf. Her family and a group of their friend's dogs walked back to the Province Lands Visitor Center after a day of hiking. One of the dogs suddenly became agitated and excited. It shot off and Metcalf followed. Then she came across the terrifying sight of the Lady of the dunes. The corpse was found on the sand face down, if you can call her nearly decapitated head face down, but the body was prone on a beach towel about 15 feet from the nearest access road. Her head, the left side of which had been completely crushed, rested on a pair of folded wranglers and a blue bandana. It was altogether appallingly clear that she had been murdered. Investigators estimated that the woman was somewhere between 25 and 35 years old and had been dead for at least 10 days, and perhaps as long as 3 weeks. 
However, upon closer examination, investigators determined that the head injury caused by an object, likely a military entrenchment tool, which is very specific, had likely been the killing blow. Authorities also found that the victim had been sexually assaulted after her death by some kind of wooden block, which is a terrifying thought in and of this whole scenario, this whole scene is straight out of the worst horror movie you've ever seen. And the worst horror movie is the best horror movie. Just so we're clear here. The Lady of the Dunes had an athletic build, and even though some of her teeth were missing, investigators did determine that she had pricey, quote-unquote, New York-style dental work, which included several golden crowns. Despite these details, the identity of the Lady of the Dunes did elude them, especially because without her hand, she had no fingerprints, as we discussed, no DNA evidence, no fingerprints, really no way to identify her. And even if they did have fingerprints and she was never in the system to begin with, they would have had a very, very difficult time determining who this woman was. It was at this time that the investigators began calling this case the Lady of the Dunes. Now, former Provincetown Police Chief Jeff Duran said it was a horrific and brutal murder. He became the town's fourth police chief to investigate the murder. He went on to say it would be awful for any time, any place, but for the Cape, for Provincetown? Well, we can infer that he means it's unacceptable at any place, any time, but especially their sleepy little town. Now, Provincetown was better known for its popularity with artists and the flourishing LGBTQ plus community and not for murder. And remember this is back in the 70s when a lot of that was, we'll say, frowned upon. Now, it's been almost 50 years and the victim known as the Lady of the Dunes is still unidentified. But a number of theories have come out over the past decades. Let's go over some of those theories. Now, one woman from Maryland contacted the local police because she suspected the victim was her sister, who had recently moved to Boston and, well, suddenly vanished. However, that lead was inconclusive. At one point, investigators suspected that the Lady of the Dunes could be Rory Jean Kessinger, a known drug dealer and bank robber. Physically, Kessinger resembled the victim, and she had escaped from the Plymouth County Correctional Facility in Massachusetts the year before the body was found. But a DNA test from Kessinger's mother did not match the unidentified woman. One of the oddest theories out there about this lady popped up in 2015. Now, Joe Hill, an author, son of Stephen King, although we don't really need that preface because he's established on his own, regardless, speculates that she was actually an extra in the 1975 movie, Jaws. Hill noticed that a woman captured in the background of one of the film's scenes matched the victim's descriptions. She also appeared to be wearing a pair of blue jeans and a blue bandana, two items that were found at the crime scene. It was a wild theory, but I mean, why not think about it for a second? It wasn't implausible by any stretch of the imagination. Jaws was indeed filmed in Martha's Vineyard only a few hours from Provincetown, but Jaws' producer had no record of the names of any of the extras. This was a time probably before, maybe at the start of unionization and shit like that. So yeah, nowadays everybody who's ever on set probably gets some sort of name written down somewhere just to keep track so they don't sue anybody. I don't know. I don't know how the movie industry works. I'm just assuming these things. Now, retired Staff Sergeant Warren Tobias, who chased the Lady of the Dunes identity for 20 years, was skeptical of this theory, saying, quote, there were probably hundreds of thousands of women who dressed like that in the 1970s. The identity of the Lady of the Dunes killer has also remained a mystery very naturally. Again, it's hard to catch somebody who killed somebody if you don't even know who the victim is. In 1987, the year I was born, terrible year, terrible, terrible year, 
which was indeed more than a decade after the Lady of the Dunes was found, a Canadian woman came forward with a bizarre confession. She believed the unidentified woman was someone she witnessed her father strangle while visiting Provincetown in the 1970s. Canadian authorities passed this information on to the Massachusetts police, but by the time they had tried to reach the woman to corroborate her story, she'd moved away, which makes it impossible to ever find her ever again because they don't have the name of the woman or anything. Anyway, it also seems unlikely as the cause of death seemed to be blunt force trauma to the head and not strangulation, although that would be pretty hard to tell, I suppose, if she was nearly decapitated. Regardless, this seems like an unlikely theory and probably just a fever dream of some kind that this woman had. Now we're going to get into some... I guess even crazier theories, if you can even say that. Some suspected Irish mob boss, James Whitey Bulger, could be the killer. Witnesses claim they saw him with a woman matching the Lady of the Dunes description. This was sort of Whitey's MO, really. He had removed the teeth of one of his female victims in the past, and he was never formally a suspect, though. So, there's that. In 2000, imprisoned murderer Hayden Clark confessed to killing the woman known as the Lady of the Dunes, but Clark's confession was suspect as he lived with paranoid schizophrenia and investigators determined that he could not be trusted. They also found no evidence linking him to the crime, so there's that. Now, ultimately, the Lady of the Dunes was buried at St. Peter's Cemetery in October of 1974. Her tombstone sadly reads, Unidentified female body found Race Point Dunes. Now, twice her body has been exhumed to obtain DNA, but the examinations so far have revealed nothing. However, today, forensic investigators use high-tech tools to analyze cold cases all the time. There's tons of TV shows about it. And they hope to solve old mysteries like this one in particular. The face of the Lady of the Dunes has been reconstructed multiple times. The first reconstruction was a clay model, while other sketches of the mysterious woman's face were made in later years as the technology advanced and caught up to well, today. In 2006, age regression drawings of the woman were made. In 2010, then-police chief of Provincetown, Jaron, worked with forensics analysts from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and the Smithsonian's National Museum of History to re-examine the case of the Lady of the Dunes. So basically, they worked with the team from Bones. Remember that TV show with, what, David Baranis? And, uh, who's that one? The Dachanel. One of them. I don't remember which one it was. Emily? Zoe, whatever the Dachanel was in that show. Anyway, beside the point, placing the victim's skull in a CT scanner, the team was able to build a possible image of her face, just like in the show. In 2019, investigators announced that they sought to re-examine the case using new technologies and techniques of combining DNA analysis with genealogical family tree building sites like 21andMe. This method was famously used to identify the Golden State serial killer in California decades after his murder spree. Cape and Island District Attorney Michael O'Keefe said, We're going to examine everything we can with respect to what's left of the remains. Now, new technology could deliver answers, but for now, the truth behind the life and death of the Lady of the Dunes will remain a mystery. And more likely than not, it will remain that forever. It's a sad story, if truth be told. I couldn't imagine being killed, point blank period, but being killed and not being known who I was, being so devastatingly mutilated that people could not even identify my body. And even worse, what if nobody cared? Somewhere, somebody lost a daughter or a sister or a granddaughter, and at the minimum, a friend, and they will never know what happened to their friend. And somewhere in the other earthly realms, this woman will know that nobody found her. Nobody knew who she was. She's buried under a tombstone that just said, body found at place and time. It's devastating to think about. I don't know. 
This is a weird one for me. Usually true crime doesn't really get to me, but this one... There's something just so cold and heartless about this case. Just the lack of knowledge and the lack of information is just upsetting. And yeah, it's a young life snuffed out and it doesn't matter what she might have been or who she might have been in the past or in her lifetime. The fact is this poor girl was just mercilessly killed and dumped for a 12-year-old girl to find in the fucking dunes. They killed a life, they took a life, and they possibly even ruined Leslie Metcalf's life, the girl who found the body. Think about it, being a 12-year-old girl in 1974, you weren't exposed to the things we are today. There's no internet, for one. No internet means a lot of sensitivity to things. Now today, we are desensitized to basically everything. There's X-rated movies, there's horror movies, there's gore movies, there's torture porn, there's real porn, there's all sorts of different shit you have in the palm of your hand on your cell phone. And now, a lot of 12-year-olds have cell phones. If not cell phones, access to the internet in some sort of private mean by a laptop or a tablet. What I'm saying is, 12-year-olds have seen a lot of shit today. Shit that I didn't see when I was 12. And that wasn't even that long ago. Okay, yes it was, who am I kidding? But that's beside the point. The point is, this little girl was probably traumatized seeing what she saw. Very confused at first, and then once she realized it, well, it's a lot of therapy later on down the line. Even worse now, is that this person, the monster who killed this poor girl in the Lady of the Dunes, just is free. He could still very well be alive, but we don't know. We don't know. We'll never know at this point. At least I don't think in my lifetime this is one of the cases that will ever be solved. I think there's bigger, more media-frenzied ones out there that could be solved via DNA. But here's hoping that, well, one day we do get answers for the Lady of the Dunes. But that's going to do it for me this week. My name is Casey, and I really do hope you like what you heard this week on the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you did enjoy what you heard, please feel free to leave a 5-star rating on Spotify. You can do so on the mobile app. I don't think it's available on desktop just yet, but I think most people listen on their phone anyway. So hit that little five-star button, it'd be great if you did. And if you do, absolutely send me a message via email or on any of the social medias and let me know, and I'll give you a shout-out if it's something you want. Or you can still do it the old-fashioned way on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You leave a little review on there, I'll read it out so long as it's five-star. Come on, it's a give and take here. It's a little bit of a bribe giving you a shout-out for a five-star, but, I mean, come on. This is worth five stars, right? Right? Anyway, if you do want to reach out to me, absolutely feel free to via social media platforms at Ominous Origins Pod on Instagram or on Twitter at Horror Shots Prod as in production or on Facebook at Horror Shots. So until next time.